Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. Hey, Ben, how you doing today? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Trying to, uh, we've got a hurricane coming our way, so getting ready for that. It shouldn't be, you know, in the middle of it, but it is going to affect things. They're letting schools out early around here tomorrow, yeah. so uh, yeah, so how about you? Yeah, so we're doing well. So we don't have nearly as many hurricanes up here since it's a lot colder in Maine. Uh, but, uh, you know, our kids won't be getting off school for that. But actually, our kids have a uh, teacher uh, kind of work day up next week. So they'll have off school and we'll be able to take a little uh, Boston area trip, it looks like. So, but uh, yeah, it's definitely well, been busy in the swing of school. Has uh, school stuff been busy for your family? Yes, to an extent, just getting used to. We got a kid in middle school now, and so uh, getting used to all of that, and schedules changed a little bit, and uh, yeah, so it certainly has picked up since the summertime in some ways. Yeah. So, and now Ben, you know, he uh, that uh, unlike my family, and our family, all of our kids are public schooled. Ben's family consists of private and homeschool, and uh, I assume it's because he hates public school so much. Correct. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of go on Facebook a lot and just rant about it. Um, so it's just, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Well, a <laughs> lot of people actually, in fact, we're joking listeners, but a lot of people in fact do that kind of stuff. And I think it is appropriate for Christians and the discipleship of their children to take seriously the dis- discussion about what school choice we're going to make for a family. And I thought kind of for this podcast, we'll do something a little different. We're going to have a, a debate, if you will, on the different school choice options. And we're joined today uh, in this discussion, in this kind of roundtable, uh, by in addition to myself and uh, the less handsome Ben Plaz, we're joined <laughs> by a friend of ours, actually, the the wife of the pastor that uh, I sat under for some time. Uh, and and a friend of our families, Bridget Johnson. So, Bridget, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Welcome. We're thrilled to have <clears throat> you. So, and uh, the Johnsons really are a wonderful family. And actually, I believe uh, Ben, you had a little uh, contact with uh, that her husband, correct? Yes, I did. Actually, I feel so. I you sent me his number. He he sent me. I I said on this podcast how I'd never read the Valley of Vision, and then all of a sudden it shows up now. I didn't know where it came from, and I think, Tony, you told me, so uh, I felt bad, but yes, thank you. It's Travis, right? That's your husband? Yes. Okay, or I assume. TJ. TJ, okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, well, I do appreciate it, and I have used it and benefited from it, so thank you, brother, and thank you indirectly as well. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. So, all right, well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, to talk about this discussion about school that I know can be so very contentious, unfortunately, at times. Uh, I'd like everybody to kind of chirp in with what kind of school experience you had growing up. So, Bridget, why don't you explain that and tell us if it worked for you? Uh, Well, I actually did both private and public school. I went to elementary school in a Catholic school through fifth grade. Uh, that we moved and I went to public school for middle school and high school. Um, I guess overall, when I think back on it, I don't, 
feel like I was well-educated, not that I feel dumb, but I definitely see gaps in my education, especially as I educate my own children. Um, and some of that may be, you know, I was, I was told there was a story that, you know, I was like in fifth grade and my siblings were still reading to me, you know, because mm -hmm. I was the youngest of, of five and my parents just kind of gave me the easy way. And yeah. so maybe I just didn't work very hard in school. Um, but I definitely did not develop a love of learning. Um, okay. It was just school. It was what everybody did. Um, and so I don't have great fond memories of school. And now that I'm homeschooling and learning alongside of my children, I see all these wonderful, you know, aspects of God's creation that I never really thought about from that perspective before. Praise the Lord. So, how about you, Ben? Uh, I started off in public school. I uh, went for kindergarten and first grade, and then my my parents had divorced like right before I started school. Um, and so then my dad got remarried, and uh, towards the end of my first grade year, he married a lady who was a Christian school teacher. And so then the next year, I started going to the school she taught at, and uh, I went from second grade on to I graduated. And so I don't have quite the comparison that Bridget has. Um, I remember my kindergarten teacher, my, my first grade teacher, um, one was really sweet, one was not as sweet, but you know, at that point I, I can't say a whole lot about how rigorous the education was. Um, but I did get a good, very good education. I, I feel like I was taught to think well, the Bible was integrated. I had some very good teachers at Christian school, uh, along with just other spiritual things that, that went along with it. Um, some things that maybe I would disagree with at this point, but uh, anyway, there were clearly people who loved the Lord who also wanted to have a fairly rigorous academic environment. So yeah. how about you, Tony? So for me, actually, it's funny. I, I think all three of ours are somewhat similar, just in different ways. So even though we do a different approaches for our children in some ways as well. Uh, but for me, I was public and private as well. And uh, I was public for most of my education. And then high school, I went to private school. Uh, the public school experience I had was pretty bad. Uh, but I think that was kind of a specific situation. I think there was a, you know, a lot of problems at the public school in part kind of uh, partiality towards the sports and and it really was a pretty troubling situation at that school uh, but I came to the Lord at a private Christian school uh, and I generally liked that even before I was a Christian uh, but it wasn't exactly gospel centered you know I think uh, it was God's grace that he worked in through that because I'm not sure that the gospel is always clear even necessarily always believed by many that were on staff at the, at the private Christian school so, but yeah, so we definitely, it sounds like all of us don't exactly have the same route for our children. Uh, so what form of education have you guys chosen for your children? And Bridget, you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I, I'd love to hear from you more on that. Um, so I chose to homeschool our children. Um, I have six children at this point. Um, I was adamantly against homeschooling. Uh, before we had kids and my husband kind of would just ask me about it. Hey, do you think we do this? And it was always, no, not for me, not interested. No, thank you. Um, and then we had children and, you know, she's two, she's three. And he would just kind of like put hints out there. Um, and 
eventually she got to be like four, almost ready for kindergarten. And I realized he nagged me enough that it was worth at least seriously considering because it was important to him. And so at that point, I kind of dived in and did this research and I talked to people and I gathered books and all these things. Um, And the Lord really changed my heart. I went from adamantly against it to not just accepting it and realizing that's what he wanted, but very passionate about it Um, and recognizing all the wonderful benefits um, and grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. Wonderful. Thank you. Ben, how about you? Well, we have done a variety of things. Um, We have chosen Christian school. Uh, One of my kids went to like a half day kindergarten and we had been interested in homeschooling but then around the time my wife got pregnant with uh, our third child and was just really really sick and there wouldn't have been a whole lot of kindergarten going on um and so anyway we we did that and uh then she went to the school because our the church that i serve at has a school and uh, the next year she went to that school because it was actually a different one um the other one was half day that our school only had full day. Then after first grade, uh, we homeschooled for three years. And then the next one came up and uh, also started that. And then we now have three children who are school age. Uh, one of our kids has gone to Christian school, currently in Christian school. And we just kind of considered that, it, you know, we took it for a year to year. We didn't have a... Um, a long-term plan. This is what we're going to do. And we, we just evaluated it from year to year and we felt like it was time to, to do something different. And so, um, that's how we are doing it currently. So, you know, two are at home and, um, one is, is here. So, but in addition to that, I know that, uh, you, I mean, you really work with the private Christian school in a lot of ways as well. So, uh, I am involved. I mean, and it's easy because we're on the same campus yeah. and, you know, they'll have me speak in chapel or uh, different events and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, there's parents that recognize me um, because they've seen me in some of that and I may not know them. Yeah. Um, and so in particular, I mean, we have parents in our school who are not believers, maybe some self-consciously. So others maybe would claim they're believers and probably aren't. Uh, we also have a preschool and so that brings a different connection. There's plenty of people that just we're, we're downtown, we're close to several hospitals and uh, large employers like that. And so there's people that will bring their kids here yeah. um, simply because it's it's close. And it's like, well, it's a church. It's probably safe and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. so for us, we and somewhat similar again to uh, both of you guys, you know, there's been an evolution and like Ben, you know, there's been changes in our approach to education with our kids. So we started off, actually, it's funny, even uh, Bridget, you mentioning your husband's uh, feelings on this, because of my feelings, we had started off homeschooling, schooling our kids, our oldest especially, until eventually our middle child uh, really needed some uh, public school for a reason. And uh, needed some things that could be offered in the public school and then we just really personally didn't want to have kind of a divided family in that case especially because the great difference in public school and homeschool at times and so but you know actually once we kind of dive our toes in uh, you know I, I think even if it wasn't for the reasons that brought us into public school I, I think I would be in most cases not every 
county, not every situation, I'd be uh, in favor of our choice of being public school. I mean, I think that will be what we'll do uh, for the rest of their educational career in all likelihood. So, uh, Jose, Tony, I you probably remember this as well, but uh, I can't remember if your first was even she was on the way or, or what the status was, but definitely not at school age yet if she was here. Uh, but we were at the work Christmas party uh, for Unique, and I remember we were in the line, and we we're talking about school stuff. And I think my oldest was a toddler, and uh, you know, and Bridget, you may know so. Uh, and he's he's definitely tempered with time and grown wiser, and so you know he'll take a strong position, but he can listen to others. He stands correction, um, but. It was like homeschool is the only way for Christians to do it. And he had, you know, he had thought it out well and had a list of reasons. And it, it was hard to, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew where it was coming from. That's the only way. So, you know. To Bridget, you know, you've talked some on this and explaining, you know, that your husband's feelings on homeschool before you. Uh, but would you like to elaborate any more on what kind of led you to what you were doing now with homeschooling all of your kids? This, the decision, so when when I kind of did the research and talked to some people, I realized, you know, it's not exactly what I had in my head. I didn't know very many homeschool families, and I kind of had painted this picture in my head as to what a homeschool family was, and I thought it was school at home, and I was not a big fan of that. I didn't enjoy school as a kid, and so I wasn't really excited about teaching school at home. But then when I read all these books and talked to these people, I realized it doesn't have to be school at home. It doesn't have to be look like public school does. Um, and so that kind of opened my mind mm -hmm. to my thinking. And then the discussion actually got serious between my husband and I of, you know, what are the benefits and is this something that we really want to do? And one of the biggest things was time. Um, and, you know, we have a uh, my husband has a brother who's um much younger and we would babysit him on occasion when his parents would go away and we we would watch him on the weekdays and he would leave for the bus at 7 a.m and he would get back at four o'clock and when we thought about our family and tj's schedule and everything it was like when are we gonna see our children um and so that was a big part and still is a big part of of why we homeschool because we want to be the primary influence on our children we want to have time with them to build relationships and um, homeschool seemed like a great option um, for us um, to be able to do that great thank you appreciate it all right now uh ben how about you what led you to what you are doing now uh, especially i'd love to hear uh, particularly for the the one that is involved in private school. You've talked about this a little bit, but I, I'd be curious what kind of opened you up more to what wasn't initially the whole plan. Uh, well, I mean, there's, again, you talked about my relationship with the school. I mean, I'm not, some people think that I know everything that's going on in the school around here. And I'm like, no, I'm, I don't work for the school. However, you know, there's a level of trust with some of the people who, who are members of our church, that kind of thing. Um, and so we were comfortable with Christian school. My wife had been homeschooled growing up. And then I think in her junior year, she did some, I guess, extracurricular activities with a Christian school in her area, uh, some fine art stuff and, and sports. And so we both had some, you know, and then I obviously grew up in it. But uh, so there was 
a comfort with it. But there was also we realized we were giving up some things by making the choice to have one of the children in school, which Bridget just talked about at the time. And that's still an ongoing thing. You also lose flexibility. Um, my wife's parents live in Pennsylvania. And so mm. and the whole time we've been married, they've lived a good bit away from us. And so we used to have flexibility to just go, oh, we're going to pick up and go at this time. And now we can't do that nearly as easily. But we were just considering the whole picture and uh, motivation and structure and some things. And it seemed like one of the kids was just going to benefit from an outside source in that. And so um, we prayed about it and, you know, sought wisdom. My wife is, is good friends with some other ladies who are ahead of us in life who, you know, I mean, they could be the our parents' age who also homeschooled their kids yeah. through. And so who also they had like teaching training themselves uh, in college. And anyway, so that was helpful, just getting the wisdom of others. And some said like one of the uh, ladies said, yeah, there was one of our kids that probably would have been better had we not tried to continue homeschooling. Um, but no one just said, oh, this is clearly what you should do. And even, you know, we it wasn't this, uh, you know, the Lord opened up the clouds and said, this is what thou shalt do. Uh, we just weighing all the things we thought this is something we want to, to try at this point. And again, it's been a year to year thing, but uh, it's been overall a, a good thing in many ways. Now, it does come with some cost, especially if you've had the flexibility and the time to to make an impact and to influence your child. Um, so, yeah, but it's not a, it's not a perfect solution. And, and homeschooling was not a perfect solution. And part of our time homeschooling was affected by COVID. So it wasn't really homeschooling. Yeah. It was sort of forced education in home everybody was homeschooling anything, for a you know? while <laughs> like, um it wasn't the, the best uh the best run to so but honestly mm -hmm. about half our time was affected by that thankfully that's changed now at least down here i don't know I don't, the president said it was over so i guess it's over but <laughs> yeah so for me, you know, I had been, as Ben mentioned, I'd been very convinced that I was homeschool. I can make up my mind and then I can be wrong sometimes. Uh, and I hope all of us recognize that we can do that, that maybe I'm a little more pigheaded than most. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I became less convinced actually over time, particularly I actually think uh, situations that uh, allowed me to have some significant observations of those who made different choices for education, ex even working in next generation ministries, uh, you know, seeing that in my observation, really the, the school choice did not seem to be near the biggest factor and, you know, and, and seeing the discipleship of, of a child in my observation. And, you know, it was nowhere near determinative. Uh, and further, I, I think there were some certain things I wanted to avoid through homeschool. Uh, and I, I, we did some co-ops and I think we observed in multiple co-ops some of these very concerns. And so I kind of felt that we really weren't uh, staying away from what I wanted to stay away from. Uh, and I think for us too, actually uh, one of the reasons that allowed us to head towards that was I think we realized that for us, this allows us to shepherd uh, our children through kind of cultural issues 
things that are being brought up while they're still in the home, which is really, I mean, I'll kind of get to that again later, but I, I think there's a great benefit in our family that that's something where we can talk about, you know, the wild issues of LGBTQ that do come up even in elementary school, you know, while they're still in our household. And, and in part, if I'm honest, this is partially pragmatic, but I suspect to a degree that's the case with almost everyone's school choices. And that, that's not inherently wrong, especially knowing that God is sovereign. So. Um, one thing I want to add to that, and we may kind of wrap around uh, later, yeah. um, but I wanted to uh, piggyback on what Ben was saying, that um, each kid is different, mm-hmm. you know, and and God has given us a spirit of discernment, and we should use that to evaluate each kid. Um, I, I spent some time last year really thinking about one of our particular, one of our children in particular, and thought, you know, would he be better in um, public or private school. And, and you just have to evaluate each kid and you have to evaluate each year. Yeah. Um, as you were saying, Tony, like, you know, this year, this worked for us. And then it was like, okay, well now our situation's different and there's a different public school available and there's other resources. And now I know this kid has this learning disability, so I need to use this. And so, you know, this heavily heated debate of which school system, which schooling option to pick it changes, you know, it changes with each kid and it changes over time. And so I don't think anybody should feel like I have to pick this one and I have to stick with it. Yeah. So, so I, that kind of co- uh, relates to the next question I was going to ask is really must every Christian parent choose the same thing for their kids? You know, is it an obligation that is it inherently wrong that the three of us have to some degree different choices? What do you guys think? Bridget, I'll, we'll let you go first. Um, yeah, so along the lines of what I'm saying, you know, I, you can't, God makes us all different and he puts, we each have different family shapes and sizes, um, different children have different needs. And so certainly you can't have a cookie cutter approach and say, everybody should homeschool or everybody should private school. I mean, some people can't afford private school. Some people work and can't do homeschooling, although there's options for that, you know? And so I think that. Um, uh, what I encourage people, I certainly lean towards homeschooling because I see such great benefit in it. Um, and I tend to encourage moms to at least consider it, uh, because a lot of times it's, oh, I could never do that, which is exactly where I was. Um, I don't want to do it. It's not for me. Um, when really it could be for you, um, if you just kind of open your mind to it and think about it. And so I think that can be applied across the board, um, to whatever your scenario is to say, you know, just because you grow up in public school, don't just assume your kids are going to public school, consider it, pray about it, talk to your spouse about it, consider your children and their needs. Um, and so I don't think that you can say it's for everyone. You just have to be diligent in, in your prayer and your consideration of your particular family. How about you, Ben? You insist, Ben, that everyone does exactly what you do, right? Pretty much. Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) no, I I think to insist on something like that is a form of legalism. I mean, Mm -hmm. Scripture doesn't clearly address this area on the particulars of how we educate our kids. And so to pretend like it does, it's just not giving room for Christian liberty, Christian freedom. And so, yeah, that's not – I think probably in a generation's – past there may have been a little more 
maybe there still is. I don't know. I don't get a, on social media a whole lot, but maybe there's a lot of heat around it. Uh, but I, I've heard people who have very strong opinions about that. And their emotions get wrapped up tied, uh, tight with this. And yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think we have the place to insist on one particular mm -hmm. way. I mean, maybe if the local public school is, you know, run by Adolf Hitler, <laughs> you could make the case for like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, but I think, you know, now, I mean, I have some questions as well. Um, I was just talking to my assistant uh, who was in conversation with some people in her neighborhood about some stuff going on in the, the high school's in their school district around here, because we have multiple school districts and we have a, several different counties that kind of converge. Um, and anyway, so I, Tony, I do, I've probably both of us have some questions about, you mentioned the LGBTQ stuff, uh, which is different than, you know, the Hitler yeah. youth, but again, it, some concerning things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think in most cases we can clearly say like, this is what Jesus would do. Yeah. Jesus didn't have children. And so, I mean, you know, to, to pull that card, I think it's a little arrogant. We, uh, I think we have liberty for sure. I really, I agree with what you guys said. And, and I will say that I think this is really important that Christians who take different approaches in this insist upon. Uh, actually, I know of a theological leader, uh, and Ben, you might know who I'm referring to, maybe you would as well, Bridget, that has said basically, now is the time for the exodus for Christians out of public schools. And I mean, I don't know that you can say that kind of thing without biblical support, you know, a way that unconscience is, especially in all cases. But I will say that though I do think that we should have liberty, I think some parents absolutely should make different decisions than what we did. I think that especially as one who does public school, and I think probably this is the case more for public school than any other choice, that there are pretty definitively cases where some parents probably should not pick public schools. Uh, you know, which might sound a little odd that I'm being bold and saying that is the one who passes kids in public schools, but I think it's worth noting. So. Okay. Um, but, but again, to kind of restate, like it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right to insist everyone should homeschool. Um, hmm. But I will be one to insist that you're involved in the decision and you think and spend time in it significantly. So that's where I will get heated with people, so to speak, or I might judge someone when I see a choice that they're making, not because they've really thought and prayed through this and it really fits their family, but because they've made this choice because they just did. That's just what they did. And that's the easiest thing, maybe. Um, that's what everybody else did. And, and really, it's detrimental to their children, especially like, you know, we talk about LGBTQ and whatever else is going on in public school, and, and people should be pulling their kids out of public school. But if you are active as a parent with a child in public school, and you you know, um, debrief with them and you are involved in their life and their spiritual development, then that's different. But yeah. those who are just sending their kids to public school and just letting it be and letting the public school be the primary teacher um, of their children and of their children's souls, I think that, that that is something that I would get much more upset and heated about. Yeah, I agree with that. So, 
So Ben, would you like to present for us as the representative for private school, even though I know that you don't just choose private school for your family? What makes private Christian school the best approach for Christian education? Uh, and what are some of the drawbacks in choosing private school? Okay, so first, I think teaching subjects from a biblical world to you is definitely a thing to commend it. Um, you can even do it with math. I mean, not quite in the same way that you can do other subjects, but you can acknowledge like God made the world orderly. He made two plus two to always equal four, things like that. I, I know I've seen uh, math worksheets and things that will, that will have various things that like from an elementary standpoint, tying it to scripture, but uh, there's really ways that you can do it. And listen, I mean, other school systems are teaching uh, and inculcating different kinds of worldviews through all kinds of subjects. I was reading about the Oakland school systems that they had uh, done away with phonics because they found it to be oppressive and they were kind of adopting uh, the secular social justice CRT lens. And then now the administrators are going back. Some of them that fought for it and said, this is bad. You no, know, like phonics is just kind of, it's not, it's kind of value neutral. You need to teach kids phonics so they can learn how to read. Um, so, I mean, Education is a vehicle for shaping, and Bridget was just talking about that. He's letting the school be the primary teacher, the primary discipler, uh, and I don't want the, the Christian school to do that either. Um, I see it's our responsibility. But uh, so th there is that, that things are coming, whether it's history or science, it's being taught from a biblical worldview. Uh, there's some level of protection from the world's agenda. Uh, it's not exclusive. I mean, they're running around with sinful kids, and not all the kids are believers. But there is uh, less concern about some of the the craziness with sex and gender and LGBTQ plus uh, some things concerning about critical race theory. Um, and I mean, there's a it's not a secret that some national education and teachers groups can be often pretty closely aligned with agendas um, that push some of those things. So. I think that 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 does give a, a not that it just reduces all the risk, but it gives you a little bit of a okay uh, some comfort. Now they're hearing the Bible as well. I mean, they have a Bible class, have chapel, things like that. They're going to be helping to nourish their spiritual lives, but not a substitute for your home and your church life. But it is coming alongside that. It's reinforcing it. It's putting other godly people in front of them um, who have thought about some of these things and it's just, it's supporting what you're doing. Um, some drawbacks, there can be one element of, sometimes it can be wealthier kids. Um, it can bring some expectations. Uh, it can limit their exposure to some kinds of suffering, whether it's second and there can just be stuff with economics or a lack of racial diversity. However, depending on what public school district you live in, uh, those might be pretty darn uniform too. Maybe that all the kids are kind of poor or all the kids are, you know, rolling in in BMWs in high school. Um, it's, it's going to depend something of, of you know, how the, the zones are uh, drawn up. Um, Christian schools can sometimes assume that kids are converted um, and sort of give out Pharisee awards, like you like to call them, Tony, <laughs> um, which is true. It can just sort of assume that everybody's a believer and they're not. Um and that can be from a curriculum standpoint or just the way the teachers and administrators handle things uh, and just confusion on what it means to be converted. Uh, not all the kids or the parents are. And so that can just 
that can be a little that's something you have to deal with it may cause you to let your guard down assuming everything's all right i mean sometimes a teacher may not be as biblically sound as you would like or it, it comes out that they are not uh and by saying what i'm about to say i know that not all public school teachers are the devil so i'm not but there's an element of you're more on your guard if you're sending them into a setting. Um, okay, I just need to be thinking critically about this. Whereas you may just sort of assume everything's okay at the Christian school, and that may not be the case. Um, some, depending on the school, there also may be the situation that kids are just sort of told what to think and not how to think about it, uh, how to engage cultural issues and pressures and think about them critically. Uh, and so they may have soft answers as they are and just kind of ill-equipped as they engage the world as they move on from high school. That doesn't have to be the case, but that is a risk. And it's just here, here's the line. Here's the position. Here's the thing. And they're not really having to, to formulate that themselves. With it, so. Right, so I'll jump ahead of mine and I'll, we'll go back to mine later. So uh, Bridget, what makes homeschool the best approach for Christian education? And what are some of the drawbacks in choosing homeschool? I think that homeschooling is um, helps the environment of discipleship of your children. Um, you have them home with you and you have them all day that you can pour into their hearts and their minds, um, read them scripture and show them biblical character and things like that. It also um, it also supports family. Um, and so, you know, my, instead of spending all day apart and then coming home and fighting, my children fight and bicker a little bit, but they're learning and they're doing things together all day long. Um, and so I think that it really helps to create and bonds and relationships um, as they experience life together and learn things together. And, and then, of course, there's the flexibility of it and being able to, you know, go and visit grandma when she's sick in, you know, New Hampshire or, you know, take a vacation when the crowds aren't astronomical, um, things like that. Um, and being able to tailor to your own kids. It drawbacks, the biggest one is time and stress. It takes a lot of time and it's hard. I often just throw in the towel for the day and we say it's a day off of school because I just can't deal with the child that's hanging on my leg and teach math at the same time. So <laughs> um, it's definitely difficult, but you know, God um, does not send the qualified. He qualifies the, he qualifies the called. Um, and he's called me to homeschool and, and he will give me uh, the gift and the power to, to do that um, as challenging as it might be. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, as for, I know I'm in the hardest lot now here <laughs> as to, I don't believe that for everyone uh, that public school is the best approach by any stretch. Probably, I believe that less about my approach than I think most people would, uh, which probably is wise with public school. But to me, I do think in our case, and maybe in many people's cases, the ability with public school to be able to disciple our kids through big cultural things more intentionally is a really great opportunity. Because again, I think that, uh, I mean, every study shows that even through public school, that parents are always the biggest influence on, on their children. And so to be able to utilize that influence, even through the cultural madness that we live in, I think is not a drawback always. It can be a benefit. Uh, and I don't think 
also, you know, with the idea sometimes that with private school and homeschool, to a degree, you can avoid some of the things, some of the values in the world. Uh, but I don't think in an internet age and an internet and smartphone age, even if we don't have our kids have the internet or smartphone themselves, I, I think in this age, it's almost impossible to protect, you know, young people from the cultural agenda, especially in the United States of America. And so to me, I think, you know, it almost, I almost my approach to public school is is a concession, you know, it's an admitting defeat and the battle, if you will, and trying to win the war rather than overtly that you know this is the best thing ever. So uh, I do think on top of that, our families can get to know lost families. You know, I, I want to say families in that because I think the idea of sending a five year old out as an evangelist uh, to you know a public school teacher that might be deeply antithetical the faith is pretty foolish but families oftentimes can build bridges into the community through public schools and people can be one for christ through that so and i think my wife there's, has done a good job on that what are you saying there is there is some truth to that in in homeschooling being the stark difference that i remember um a time that you know we were challenged at, at church or or maybe in our curriculum at home to you know invite someone to church or you know evangelize to them share the gospel and annabelle looking at me and saying all my friends are christians but yeah. she had no one to share the gospel with um you know and since then we've really worked at expanding and making friends outside into the into community um but that is that is a drawback to homeschool as well as you you do tend to kind of congregate at home and not reach out to the lost yeah it definitely can be. In addition, I think another benefit of public school is the specialized nature of public school teachers sometimes can allow greater education. And I, I and I want to say that this is not a universal, but sometimes, especially when you get to the upper ages, the fact that a public school teacher might have studied specifically science that's going to teach science allows more opportunities in these cases. And I think that... Uh, Sometimes they can, you know, have more future opportunities if they thrive. Uh, I, I think it's hard to deny that, you know, kids, especially that do very, very, very well in public schools might have more college options, for example, than some of the other choices. And again, that's not a universal truth, but it certainly can be a truth. But drawbacks to me in choosing public schools is, I mean, this can be throwing your kids to the wolves in a way. And especially with teachers that, you know, the reality is it's a truth that there are teachers out there that want to out kids, you know, to teach kids that they're a different gender than how God created them and stuff like that. And that is dangerous. Uh, but uh, I, and I think that a biblical worldview, as Ben has pointed out, it does impact all aspects of education. And truly, there is no thing such thing as secular education. There's no such thing really as secular or anything. I mean, we approach science for the glory of God, not just as, you know, these secularized people. And, and I think Christian parents will always need to add that because of it. Uh, and they legitimately may try to find their identity in their peers more than in what you're teaching at times. 
but uh, and I'll, I will boldly say, even in criticism of public school, if you can't disciple uh, more than the school disciples your kid, uh, this could be the worst choice for your family, public school. Because again, you are actively exposing them in a way that I think, uh, in a way that's safe for some families, but in a way that if you can't disciple, if you maybe work a second shift job, uh, you know, this might be uh, one of the most dangerous possibilities for your family. I'll throw you on the spot, uh, Tony. Is there something that the public school could start doing that would be a game changer for you, that you would no longer say that you can overlook that and that it has its benefits? Yeah, I think that if the pu- if public schools were to enforce, especially at a young age, some very, very strong teachings on transgenderism. I think that that would be pre- uh, pretty, uh, I mean, uh, pretty overtly a game changer in that. I think that that is, there's elements of that already in Maine. And I think in many cases that children would need to be told, you know, you don't talk to certain people in certain roles at the school. Yeah. But that's a good question. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are dangers in any of the particular options. There's not like there's one that you can just uh, shield them from everything because, um, yeah, I mean, the world is dangerous and sin is dangerous and they are sinners. And uh, I don't think that we can formulate this this ideal situation that will just ensure that the kids will uh, end up well-educated, loving the Lord, using their minds to glorify God, uh, all of that. Uh, I think it's kind of a loosism stuff Bridget was talking about, but I mean, if, if you just sort of made the decision for this or for that, and or if the decision was made well, they'll have the most opportunity with athletics or fine arts or academics at the expense of not even thinking about their soul. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty problematic Your way of priority going about it. Just yeah, having your priorities are in place. Yeah, I mean, if, if your priorities look just like your the the unsaved parents uh, at the school, I, that's that's an issue. And so you know that's something you you may evaluate it and, and make the decision that Tony made or some other decision, but mm-hmm. that 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 should be a big part of how you're thinking about it. But I do want to ask, uh, is making the right school choice the most important part of discipling our kids? You know, this is really like the big division that Christian families tend to have. Uh, But is it the most important thing in discipling our kids? Bridget. Um, No, it's certainly not the most important. uh, We are... We are not called in the Bible to educate our children. We we are called to disciple our children um, and lead them to the Lord and and speak truth into their hearts. Um, And so, you know, when it comes to our roles as parents, um, that that plays a bigger part than than the choice of education. But I think they're tied together, as I was saying, you know, if, if you are taking your role as a parent seriously and you are praying over this decision, um, then you're going to make the best choice for your children. Um, and, and it will go alongside of any kind of discipleship um, that you do at home. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think that's that's well said. It, it's not that it's the, the key. Again, we're talking about something that Scripture doesn't address in all its specifics. 
and so it can't be like the the missing key to if you just get this right, then everything else falls into place. Because yeah, I mean, there's I know plenty of people who have done different arrangements, and the kids come out loving the Lord and equipped to engage the world. And uh, I mean, give an example of I we I don't know if we talked about this. Maybe Tony, you and I just talked about it uh, personally, but I was helping a, a guy move, a neighbor in seminary. Somehow I figured out who one of the other guys was that was helping. He was the son of a pretty prominent professor at the school, and he didn't let on that that's who he was. He just said, yeah, my, we moved here, and my dad, and, you know, he was he got a job or something, and uh, talked about how they'd gone to public school and um, but anyway, this, this son is now a professor uh, at a seminary writing books, maybe a, an elder in his church. Yeah. Um, and so it, again, it's, it's not that there's a, a guarantee, however you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think even, you know, I'm a statistics guy to a degree. And I mean, there's been studies on faith retention and certainly those choices can have an impact and uh, sometimes a correlating impact because the person, for example, that homeschools is just going to be having more spiritual conversations than the private school or, or uh, just to step in. Not necessarily like it gives you the platform to do it when you homeschool. But if you are not an active parent discipling your children, it doesn't matter if you homeschool. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. But I think inherently they have more opportunities. If that makes sense, probably that's a better way to put yes. it. You know, they have I, more opportunities. It doesn't mean that they will take them. Yeah, and that's the most important part of whichever education you pick is that you are an active part, mm-hmm. and you're making you are making specific decisions and pouring into the hearts of your children. And t- Tony, you even mentioned when you're talking about public school that you said, you know, if you don't have the time to pour into your children when they are not at school then that might not be the time um, because you have to, you have to have a primary role. You have to be the voice in their head um, more than anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and with that, actually studies show that parents who actively disciple in the home, their kids, I mean, that is, that is the biggest statistical impact on, on faith retention is parents doing things like family worship devotions, those kind of things, taking their kids to church. And these things are things that are accessible to everybody, you know, regardless of their educational choice. Uh, so, you know, it's a little odd that, you know, we divide over this matter, this school choice matter, while while uniting and together and neglecting doing the more important things. You know, it is a lot to me that that seems to be the case. But should we encourage our friends to make the schooling choice we did? And I'm going to combine it, by the way, with the next question, just for time. And if so, how can we have more respectful and understanding conversations about it? Go ahead, Bridget. Well, trying to have respectful and and open discussions with people is difficult for some reason these days. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's their schooling, but people just tend to be closed minded and they come into a conversation like this and they say public school is the way to go and they don't actually listen. And so it's really important that we set that example of listening and voicing our thoughts while also hearing what the other person has to say and acknowledging that might work for you. Great. Okay. Um, but, and that's the way the gospel works, right? Like we go in and say, Jesus is our Lord and savior. 
and but we're not going to like ram it down somebody's throat because that's not going to be very effective communication. And so we share our truth, but we also need to listen and hear their heart um, in order to respond to them appropriately and have a good discussion on the matter and make them feel respected in that so that they can contribute to the conversation. Yeah. Good. Ben, what do you think? I think there's a place for encouraging them. It's just going to depend on the situation or raising the issue. Have you ever considered this? And, uh, but yeah, Bridge is right. The ability to disagree well has not, it's just really declined in our society. And so people that disagree with me are both stupid and evil, not just one. And yeah. we just need to kind of come back from that and uh, take a breath, count to 10 or something. But um, yeah, just asking good questions and, and being humble and realizing we don't have the market cornered on these issues that are really there. It's not a matter of righteousness and obedience and sin. It's a, it's a question of wisdom and sound judgment. And so uh, just trying to, to get people to think, what, why did you make the decisions you made? And um being willing to to evaluate, reevaluate where you stand, um, that this may not be the permanent solution. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, just approaching it with humility. But uh, what are your thoughts, Tony? I think the you heretic guys... that sends his kids to public school. Exactly. So I think you guys have really nailed it. The only thing I would add is I, I do think it's right to persuade, you know, those, um, uh, those that we love on things we believe in. You know, we're in a culture where we don't like to talk about disagreements. Uh, and, but, you know, if you do that, uh, I think we should think about the priority of the things that we disagree with somebody on and, you know, and see if that's really the big thing. I actually, and I think to kind of show how this sometimes doesn't happen. I remember uh, several years ago, I, I over, I was working basically on a security desk at a children's ministry and uh, two parents were having a conversation that started off uh, civilly and a parent a uh this was not actually a, even a sunday but a parent a had a point was homeschooling their kids and she kind of went at parent b over the fact that the parent b uh public schools her kids and you know and how terrible that is and how negligent of a parent uh this uh parent is being and all the while i know and it's sticking in my head parent b is taking their kids to church every sunday and they're worshiping together and they're you know they're going to church as a family and parent a goes to church once every five weeks maybe as a family and i'm like you know <laughs> i mean which one is talked about in scripture <laughs> that makes sense. So, and yeah. so I think having that perspective can be helpful. But, uh, well, and I hope that listeners of this podcast can understand that, you know, it is very possible. We've ha all had some degree of disagreement with one another on this, but it's possible to have these disagreements and respect one another and love one another and realize that, you know, we have unity on more important things. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So, well, I look forward to finding out uh, how it goes for you guys enrolling your kids in the public school because I'm right on this. Correct. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> well, it was good discussing this topic with you both. And thank you so much, Bridget, for giving us your time. As I know, you're so busy and diligent and pointing your kids to Christ in your homeschooling. I can, I can only do what 
God gives me power to do. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we do appreciate the time because I'm sure it is in short supply. Uh, it looks like there's some flames coming from from back there, so you may need to get back. <laughs> there's some screaming. I just locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So, well, we hope our listeners are blessed by this, and you have all have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.